Welcome to the Molar Football Podcast with your host, Ryan Molar. Every week, breaking down the NFL. Hello and welcome. Welcome in. Grab a chair. Take off your coat. This is the very first episode of the Molar Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Molar. You probably know me from Twitter, at uh, MolarNFL. I've been interacting with you guys. Uh, I do the Molar Report every week, which is like a comprehensive uh, matchup breakdown. Ends up being like 5,000 words and no one reads it. So I figured I'd, uh, why not do a podcast, you know, and get some of these stats and information into your ear holes and make it a little bit easier for you guys to consume this content. I'm not exactly totally sure what I want to do with this, but I'm thinking, you know, two or three podcasts a week. I'll make them short, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, easy to listen to, and uh, just try to give you guys all the information that you need to make the correct decision for each week and try and get some some wins and try and win some championships, man. That's what it's all about. So let's get into week eight. Eight takeaways from week eight. Number one. Joe Burrow is all the way back, baby. Now, we saw Burrow look good in week five. Uh, He threw over 300 yards and three touchdowns. But that was against the Cardinals. And it was kind of hard to say, oh, Burrow, one game against the Cardinals, he's back. He's back to being MVP candidate Burrow. So now we've seen it again here. Yesterday, 283 yards, three touchdowns against a good defense. Now, granted... The Niners kind of have been scuffling a little bit recently. They got kind of tore up by Kirk Cousins, and now they got beat up by, uh, by Burrow here. But from what I saw from Burrow, I was very, uh, very intrigued and very, very excited to see him play as well as he did. He's moving around well in the pocket. He, he rushed for 43 yards. Um, now, I wouldn't say that he's going to continue rushing like that. He's not Lamar Jackson, but... It's a good sign for his health and his confidence going forward. So I think that he looked great. I'm in on Burrow and the Bengals. I'm in on T. Higgins. I'm in on Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, of course. Uh, Going forward, I think this offense is one to target for fantasy purposes. Number two. A healthy Javante Williams is a top 24 running back. So the Broncos finally saw a positive game script in Week 8, and Williams took full advantage. He saw a season-high 30 total touches and produced 98 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. So he's now rushed for at least 80 yards in each of his past two games. And he became just the eighth running back this year with at least 30 touches in a game. So I'm not saying that he's going to have 30 touches in a game. I'm not even sure that the Broncos are going to win a ton of games. But it does seem like Denver is committed to giving him the ball as their number one running back. And for, in my mind, Javante Williams has always been a talented player and a guy that I've drafted a lot just because I think he's really good. And now he hasn't really realized his potential just because of a lot of different injuries or different things happening. And, um, you know, it's not great that he has a history of injuries, but right now he's, he's rolling, man, and I want to be in on it. I want to be in on that. So as long as he's healthy, I want to have... Javante on my team, and I'm going to trust him as an RB2. Number three, Taysom Hill's role is not going away. Now, some people were saying, oh, 
Jawan Johnson's coming back, uh, the backup tight end or the starting tight end for the Saints. And you can't start Taysom Hill in week eight because what about Johnson? He's going to be there. And uh, that, I wasn't one of those people, okay? I had Johnson, I had Ta- Taysom Hill, sorry. I had Taysom Hill in my select seven as one of the best tight end starts of the week. And um, it really paid off in a big way. Now, if you watch this Saints offense, Taysom Hill is like an integral part of it. It's like Kamara and Taysom Hill. These are the guys who kind of get, get the offense going, get it rolling. And if you look at his role, it's so much more than a tight end. So it doesn't really make sense to say Jawan Johnson's coming back, so Taysom Hill, you must sit him. Because it's not a one-for-one conversion. Taysom Hill, he's a, he's a part-time quarterback, running back, wide receiver. He does it all. So let's look at some stats from this past week. 44 passing yards, 63 rushing yards. 14 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Now, I wouldn't expect this every week, but the guy has so many ways to create fantasy points. And he's in there on the goal line. He's like a goal line running back. So I'm totally in on Taysom Hill. And considering the the barren landscape of tight ends in fantasy football, I think he's extremely valuable. So I'm adding adding Taysom Hill. Can't speak. Adding Taysom Hill, starting Taysom Hill from here on out. Number four, buy low on Aaron Jones. Now, I know it doesn't sound good, but you watch the Packers and you say, oh my goodness, this this offense is not clicking. It's not good. Um, But if you look at it, you know, this is the lowest it's going to be. This is rock bottom for the Packers uh, and for Aaron Jones' value too. Now, I'm not super high on the whole Packers offense. I'm not telling you to go trade for Jordan Love or Romeo Dobbs, but... I do think Aaron Jones has value, uh, and he's the most talented player on that team. We've seen it in the past. He has a great schedule coming up, one of the best for running backs for the rest of the season. So if I can take one of my bench receivers or maybe a little package deal, I'm trying to get Jones as much as I can. And I'm not saying we should be trading your starters away, but at least gauge the interest of your league mates Whoever, whoever has Jones, I'm, I'm going to send him a couple trades and just see what happens because I think that he could really be a nice asset uh, for the end of the season. Number five. Add Chuba Hubbard and drop Miles Sanders. So there's a real changing of the guard happening in the Carolina backfield. If you look at the snaps from last week, Hubbard had 40 snaps, Sanders 12 snaps. So Hubbard's been the more effective back kind of all season. Um, you know, he played last week when, uh, when Sanders was out and he just looked better. He looks quicker. He looks more decisive. He just looks like, a, like the better player right now. And it kind of seems like the coaching staff is ready to make that change. So the production wasn't great this week. You know, 15 rushes, 28 yards, two catches, 26 yards. Not great. But I do believe he's going to be the top running back going forward. And any top running back. Uh, in the NFL is worth, he's a fantasy asset. So he's worth picking up. Uh, this guy is 59% owned. So it's going to be hard to, to find him in your league probably. But if he is available, I'm picking him up. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to have him on my bench and just kind of see how he, see how he looks. And I think he's looked dang good so far. So he's definitely a guy I'm interested in having. And Miles Sanders, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, I just, he, he looks like he's lost a step. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm dropping him. I, I got no, no room for Miles Sanders on my bench. Number six. Add Trey McBride. 
Trey McBride has been this up, big, high upside player who's kind of been stuck behind Zach Ertz on the Arizona Cardinals tight end depth chart. And now that Ertz is out with an injury, uh, it's kind of McBride's time to shine. And he really did in week eight. So he saw a 39% target share, which was the third highest among all pass catchers. So that's receivers, running backs, tight ends, everybody. He was the third highest target share. So Dobbs was looking for him all the time. And so he produced really well, too. 14 targets, 10 catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. So as long as Dobbs is a quarterback, which it looks like he will be for the next couple weeks, and uh, even continuing with Kyler Murray, I think Trey McBride is going to be one of the top two options in Arizona. And uh, considering, again, considering how barren this tight end landscape has been, I think we have to speculatively add these guys, add Taysom Hill, Add Trey McBride, you know, because we need, everyone needs help at tight end. Number seven. Hold DeAndre Hopkins. So Hopkins exploded along with Will Levis, the new quarterback of the Titans in week eight, going for 128 yards and three touchdowns. Now, my first reaction to this was, oh my goodness, we have to sell DeAndre Hopkins. Because, what, he's sitting at wide receiver 47 on the year coming into this game. Zero touchdowns. uh, Just one game over 70 yards receiving. And then he has this one big blow-up game. Um, You know, I'm not sure if Levis is any good or not. Uh, Plenty of players can have a good debut or a good game. Um, I'd have to... He's got to prove it to me, is what I'm saying. I got to see more of this Levis guy to really be fully in on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so I think I'm going to say hold DeAndre Hopkins. If you want to, I'd be fine trying to sell him as well. You know, this is, you know, 128 yards, three touchdowns, four catches, three touchdowns on four catches. You think that's going to continue? I don't think so, buddy. So he could be, if Levis is good and he feeds DeAndre Hopkins, he could be around that, you know, wide receiver 24 range. He really could. And he could be higher some weeks. So I think at the end of the day, I'm holding him. And I'd be fine trying to sell him high. Number eight. Sell Raheem Mostert. Now, whatever's going on in the Miami backfield, uh, it's pretty concerning. You know, you got Mostert there. You got Jeff Wilson Jr. You got Savan Ahmed. And then you got Devon A-Chain coming back in a couple weeks. So I'm more and more concerned. I think Mostert kind of saved his fantasy day last week with a touchdown. But it seems like that that backfield going forward is just going to be a mess. And I really don't think that Mostert is going to continue this crazy production rate that he's had. And if I can kind of convince a league mate of mine that he will continue this and he will continue to be the workhorse guy, then I'm trying to get out of him if I can, just because there's so many guys back there. And I really do believe that when A-Chain comes back, they're going to be giving him the ball. They're going to be giving Wilson the ball. I don't know, man. There's something about Moster that feels like he's about to fall off a cliff. And um, I really don't want to be stuck holding the bag there. All right, guys, that's it for me for my eight takeaways for week eight. Um, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone and and dive deeper into these stats for uh, week nine. And uh, you're going to hear from me soon. So I really appreciate you guys checking this out and uh, always supporting me. And um, I really enjoy doing this. So thank you so much for for supporting what I do and um, look for another episode coming up soon. Have a great day. One, two, one, two, three. One.